Welcome to the LoveWorks Here podcast. I'm Sean York. And I'm Hannah Gorham. And it has been a while. I barely remember how to do this. <laughs> uh, it's been well over a month. And uh, obviously... I feel like this month has been a year. That's right. I think every, you're with everybody else <laughs> in the world. Uh, this has been crazy. We've just been hanging on uh, for all the changes that have gone by. It feels. It literally feels weird to have time to sit down to record this because everything has been going so like fast but slow. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know if I told you this. My mom did a. Uh, uh-huh. I, she wrote a comment in the you know the i the Apple podcast. She did a review. Your mom's in there. That's my funny. mom. My, yeah, my mom. If you look at that, there's a review from my mom, <laughs> uh, and she wanted to know how. Uh, she said, "I think you should do an episode on how you've been handling this pandemic and how this." So I did. I actually started thinking about all these points of how I would do that. And I, I didn't record it because things are changing so fast that I feel like whatever I would write, <laughs> like a week later, it would be like, well, never this, mind, never this mind. guy didn't know what he was talking about. That's literally how everything's gone. Like, I think I've got it figured out. And then something else changes. Uh, so anyway, uh, but here we are. We're going to talk about stuff today that is timeless. This is stuff that, you know, Hannah, I talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. And I actually, when I thought about it, I'm surprised I've never mentioned this in the podcast. Maybe I have in passing, but we're going to do an episode on today because I love this stuff. Today's episode is called, it's episode 16 and it's the front side of the job. Okay. So early when I first became an operator, I wanted to be good kind of at everything. I want to learn how to do everything because I wanted to be, you know, really a leader that I would never tell someone to do something that I couldn't do myself. And so that meant I had to learn how to do like the breading role and the machines role and the, you know, all the roles I had to, I, I wanted to not only do them, but I wanted to be the best at them so that I could teach other people and set the bar. So fast forward to one day, I think it was around Christmas time, super busy, and I am doing fries. I'm doing these fries and it's like a thing, just imagine like an awkward episode of Undercover Boss. (laughs) I can see it in my head now. Okay, so that's me. I'm on the fries. The the episode where the guy like has to keep asking questions and everyone's getting frustrated with him. And they just end up going like, here, let me do it. <laughs> but I, I'm waiting on the machines. I, the, my fries shoot the, that you scoop the fries is empty. And they go like, how much longer on fries? And I said, oh, like 45 seconds on fries. And so then they come up and I dump all of them in the thing and I fill them all up and I fill all the fries up. And then they said, okay, how much longer on fries? Said, well, I'm waiting on the machines again. It's a minute on fries. And over and over and over, it's, I'm uh, sorry, there's another minute. And I swear at the time, I'm like, it's not my fault. It's the machine. It's the machine. And uh, so I'm sweating and everyone's staring at me. It was horrible. I was constantly behind the whole time. I I said, that must have been the busiest hour we've ever done. It wasn't. And it was crazy because I know we've done higher hours. I was like, is someone better than me? Because I was waiting on the machines. It wasn't me. It was the machine. And so anyway, I, you know, come to find out, you know, yeah, all these other people doing the job somehow are better than me. So then I go back to it and I try it, you know, a few days later. I said, okay, it's, it's early, it's before lunch, I'm gonna get going, I'm not gonna get behind him, and I got ahead. And the whole time, it was fine. I didn't wait on the machines one time. And I said, it must be slow, must be a slow day. Lo and behold, it was a busier day, it was a busier hour, and it drove me crazy. It didn't make sense, it made no sense. But here's the principle. There is the front side of the job, and there's the backside. And the difference between the front side and the backside can make an impossible job feel simple, and it can make a simple job, when you're on the backside, feel impossible, like it did with me. Yeah, and I wish that that was enough, that you learned that lesson that one time, and all of us have been fine since, but I feel like I hear that same thing, like, that must have been the biggest hour we ever had, you know, more often than I should, and we look at it, and it was like, that was nothing. (laughs) Um, But the crazy thing is, it really is, there's the front side, and there's the backside of the job. 
Like it's the same job. And if you can make that job easier for the team members, why wouldn't you, or why wouldn't you show them how to do that? I feel like we're still learning that each and every day, but it's really important, especially in, you know, in light of the York framework, just visioning that if you can create a culture where people love their job and that job is the easy, simple one, of course, why wouldn't you want to choose that over the tough one that feels impossible and they feel like they're failing, like you felt on the fries. Uh, If you can just show them the difference, why wouldn't you? So over the years, I have seen this show up in way more areas than just cooking fries. And the more I get experience in life, the more I start to see it everywhere. Uh, but I started, I started to think of how I could apply this principle to other jobs because it makes such a remarkable difference. So the good news is I'm going to give the answers today. <laughs> we are going to. Uh, and when I do, you'll be able to apply these to any job to make it easier. And as an additional bonus, oh. <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about how to use this principle for businesses that have plateaued, that stop growing. And they think like, we're doing our best. There's nothing more that we can do. And how you can use this principle to increase capacity and grow your business when it is when you're hitting, hitting a wall. So this is episode 16, The Front Side of the Job. I love my job. High volume, fast food, 160 employees. It is a pressure cooker and it gets crazy. But I truly believe that it's possible to build a business where everyone loves their job. It sounds impossible, and when I first started this business, it was. I'm not the extrovert or the social butterfly. I'd rather be building systems and crunching numbers on Excel. But I decided to stop making excuses of why I couldn't and start utilizing my love for systems to build a better culture. Today, I call it the York Framework, but it's really just a collection of systems designed to make a better workplace and make people happier. I'm going to share all the mistakes I've made so that you don't have to make them, and we'll look for new problems to solve along the way. I'm Sean York, and love works here. Okay, so laundry is the worst at my house. It is not just at your house; it, that's at everyone's house. <laughs> okay, we we actually have a guest room in the house. That's a it's a nice guest room that like people can stay in, and it has been commandeered by laundry. <laughs> it, it is overtaken by laundry, and it is the single thing that Lonnie hates more than anything. Well, yeah, with all what family of six. Yeah, crazy. yeah, and it and it's crazy because yeah, there's always like anytime you walk in. <laughs> It, there's piles of laundry on the floor waiting to be folded. And it's the one room that honestly, it seems like the light is always on. <laughs> I'm like, does the laundry get its own light? <laughs> um, it's like the, I, I honestly think like who turned this on? And I, sometimes I wonder if did the laundry turn, turn it, it off? Off. Yeah. Turn it off. Uh, okay. So on, but here's the thing. When we go on vacation, when we take like a family trip to Hawaii, because we have a big family, we stay in a, we get an Airbnb in a, in a house and it, and it has a washer and dryer so because it has a washer and dryer we pack light and on vacation laundry is a non-issue we spend it's it's really simple at the end of the night we put all our clothes that we use during the day in the washer and then before we go to bed we put it in the dryer or we wake up in the morning put it in the dryer and then as we finish breakfast we all spend 15 minutes a day and we we fold our clothes and we take it back to our room and it is the most simple thing (laughs) and it is it's a non-issue on vacation and you would think something that at home plagues us as like the worst thing that like man this is just as bad on vacation it's not it's actually kind of fun and everybody does you know gets their clothes and it's simple and here's the thing too there's no ironing like Everybody loves folding hot clothes, you know, like it's nice. 
And you don't have to iron them anymore. <laughs> Loves is a, Ver- a strong word. Yeah. Well, versus, versus, you know, what would be the backside of the job is having piles of clothes that then you fold them and then the kids go like, mom, my shirt is wrinkled. And <laughs> like every morning she's having to now iron clothes. Yeah, you're right. Breaking out the iron is the worst. That uh, wasn't even necessary. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I can't speak to the same scenarios at home, but I will say even just today when I'm going to leave, I feel like I have flashbacks and maybe it's because we've talked about it before on this very podcast. But those days where you said that you were trying to leave and, you know, screens are are red and team members are unhappy and, you know, timers are blaring. The stress. And it's just terrible. And you're like, I cannot leave the store right now. Like, I can't leave them like this. And though the days that I feel like, oh, I'm leaving and it's like, it's a great day and there's high fives and hugs all around are those a lot of times like they're doing the same job. It's the same hour of the day. And it really just falls to are they on the front side or on the, are they on the back side of the job? So as far as things go, like when I want to, if I want every day to feel like a good day when I'm leaving, I really just go in and I'm like, where, where are we struggling? What's going on here? It all is exactly the same. It just feels so much different being on the front side where they're bagging orders as they come in, as opposed to being in the backside where they feel buried. So my job, my like closing chore at work is typically like, where are you guys at? You get them on the front, the front side. side. Okay. I'll see you later. Cause go. you got this now. It's like you spin all the plates you know? <laughs> and then you wait for them. To... There's one big spin. That'll get me through to six 30 tomorrow morning. And then you leave and they crash. <laughs> uh, no, they do great. Okay. They do great. They do great. So, uh, we talked about laundry. We talked about that. Um, <laughs> I have, okay. So dusting versus scrubbing. This is a thing that you've heard me talk about uh, a lot. I've heard this so many times. Dusting versus scrubbing. So when I was a kid and there were chores and that they would all say, you know, my mom would say, everyone has to do one thing on this list. I would always go after the dusting. That was my thing. I just, and I don't know if it's a me thing or everybody loves dusting, but <laughs> I, thing. okay. I love dusting and spraying the pledge on there. And then it was just kind of satisfying, <laughs> but I was, I was cleaning recently, cleaning some ventilated racking, you know, where you have all the wire, it's like wire shelving type stuff. It had not been cleaned in probably like a year, at least a year, maybe several because it was so built on i had to get like degreaser and i had to get the towel through all the little slots and it just took forever and i couldn't help but think if we did this four times a year this job would be simple we could just dust it that's all we would have to do and we could do that continuously and so i come back to that a lot like whenever i'm doing a job that is deep cleaning I just, I say to myself, if we did this more often, this wouldn't be a problem. We have to build a system so that we can stay on the front side of the job. So I like to think about this. If it was your job to say like, do that, like clean things and make them shine, would, uh, would you rather work at Disneyland or Six Flags? So would you rather uh, spend time dusting and making things shine and brilliant? Or would you rather spend time chiseling you know, scales and hard water, calcium deposits. What would you rather do, Hannah? <laughs> what would anyone rather do? And I think it is, it is just the craziest thing to think about all of these little jobs at work that we have. And like you're talking about, like the more often they get done, like the less of a chore that it even feels. And so to think of so many things that we do, cleaning the ice cream machine, like if they do it every night and they do it well every night, it's like, why am I even cleaning this? It looks perfectly fine. It looks like it's cleaned and you know, it should be that way. The polishing as opposed to when you wait forever and then it's like you're rubbing things off the wall. Um, it's terrible. So everything is more fun on the front side. Dusting is more fun than scrubbing, but it's not just a laundry thing or a fast food thing. It exists in any job that you can do. You have an example of something that you did. <laughs> I do. I know. So in 2018, I was tasked with making the culture book for the first time. And for those of you who have not listened to the episode where we talk about the culture book, it's the compilation of everything that's happened through the year. So it's yearbook like a yearbook. Meets, yeah. yeah, it really is a yearbook. So the culture book has what we call bio cards and they are something that in theory you make and you save when the team members comes in and is hired. So their picture and some information 
information about them. I didn't do that that year, um, but the time came for the culture book to be put together. And the only thing I could think is, oh my goodness, at the time that this gets made, it's not even just every team member that needs a bio card. I need to go back and find out who worked here throughout the year. It was a lot of work. It's like 200 bio cards. Okay. And so I couldn't even face the culture book process because I knew that that giant mounting thing existed that I would have to conquer and I couldn't bring myself to do it. So I didn't. Um, and you came to me and you said, it's due. The deadline is up. It's more than up. And I said, oh my gosh, yes it is. And so I went in and I tried to throw it together and it was not my best. The pro- end product still looked pretty good, but I knew it wasn't my best and you knew it wasn't my best. I think it arrived and you, you're like, oh, there it is. It was like still in a box. And I said, oh, cool. I didn't get to see this. And you said, don't look at it. I was like, don't even. You were ashamed it, of it. It looked good, kind of, but I knew that I could have done better. So the next Next year came around and it was a whole different thing. So I had stayed on the front side of making these bio cards. And so when the time came to put it together, it definitely was more celebratory. It was like a yearbook party. We, I remember it was you and Christine and I, and we were sitting there putting it together and it was like, Oh, what are you doing on your page? Let me see. Like, Oh, we can, you know, edit this and make it better. We had all this time before the deadline hit and it was just a better end product in general. Um, so that was a crazy thing. Now I know throughout the year, just, it really is like less more often. So making yeah. a little bit as you go along. And when you, when you're dealing with artistic projects, what you sacrificed for the deadline, Absolutely. all your personality that you could have put into it, you just, you had no time for it anymore. Yeah. And like nobody knew that it was missing, but I knew it was missing because like you were saying. Now there are people who will say, I do all my best work in the 11th hour. So I'm kind of like a, you know, wait till the very end. They either mature through that phase of doing, you know, procrastinating, they mature through it uh, as they grow into their professional life, or they lose good opportunities. While the people who stay on the front side tend to deliver, they tend to earn trust, and then they are entrusted with much bigger responsibilities. So staying on the front side is not just good for laundry and just good for you know making waffle fries and dusting and scrubbing. It is a professional thing that will give you you know will bring you more opportunities. So here is how you apply this to any job um, five easy steps five <laughs> easy steps to uh to to figuring out where the front side is and staying there so the first thing that i'll do in the business is i'll sit down with the person you, you got to kind of take them out of the job and say you know if there was a range to this job and on one end i usually put my hands out you can't see me now but i have my right hand over here my left hand <laughs> over here and uh if on one end there was you know you being buried like in the weeds drowning what would you call that how would you describe it Let's term that because it's important that you give that a term so that you can define that for the employees so that they know when they get there, that's where they're at. So that's the first thing. And I know like when, when in the breading role, this might not apply to every job, but in the breading, you have these pans and when you, when you are buried in these pans. So we say like six pans deep, that is like the worst place to be. Everyone's waiting on you on, for me with the fries, it was like an empty chute. Like I'm, I'm just buried. And then with laundry, you'd be like five loads deep. I got like five loads in the, on the floor, you know? <laughs> so that is the worst place to be. And, and it's important that the team member uh, who you're developing here, they, they term that. And then the next thing I say if there was a front side of the range, how would you describe that? Uh, when we talk about the pans, five pans deep, six pans deep versus zero pans on the rail. Like there's no pans. I'm in front All of the chicken is made. I'm in front of everything. Everything's made. Or if I were talking about laundry, I would say like the front, front, front side is like touch it once laundry. Like it comes out and you fold it and it's done. It's gone. That is the front side. So term both of those and then ask the employee or ask the person, which one of those is more fun? And obviously they'll admit like, oh, the, the being on the front side, I'd much rather be on the front side. And then you ask them, okay, this is the fourth question, I think. Where in the range do you typically spend most of your time in the job? And they'll typically say, you know, right in the middle, or I like to be in the front, but usually I'm kind of in the middle. 
And then the important question, what would we have to change to get and keep you on the front side of the job at all times? What would we have to change? Because I know you want to be there. I know it's more fun. So what, what do we have to do differently? And then from there, you can make the, the final step is make a campaign about it. So in the kitchen, and these are all different places that we have in the business, in mm-hmm. the kitchen, we talk about being on, hey, be on the front side of the pans, front side of the pans. That's something that we can say in an easy way. I always say like, make it hashtagable, front side of the pans. Uh, in the drive-thru, we say, clear the line. If you're in the drive-thru, get to the top of the line, clear the line, clear the line. That's just being on the front side. In the bagging station, uh, we say green screens. Get the screen screen. Like you were talking about, you can't leave. Everything's red. If I can get them in green, then I can go. They'll stay in green. They'll stay in green all mm-hmm. night as long as I can get them in green. Uh, and then when we talk about cleanliness and keeping the back of the house clean, dusting, not scrubbing. Hey, everything should be dusting, not scrubbing. If we're scrubbing, we need to do it more often. Well, there are things you scrub all the time. but <laughs> There's no getting um, away from it completely. Yeah, yeah. You can. So the next thing, uh, let me talk about how this works with capacity. These are all good things and, and kind of made the job easier. Well, now everyone has an easy job and they've, you know, and I stay on the front side and it's so much better than being on the back side. But we're not growing anymore. Like we grew as much as we could. So here's how we can take the same method and talk about how you grow capacity. So in order to do that, I have to demonstrate something. This is not a, not a well-known fact, but a lot, there's a lot of Chick-fil-A's in Southern California that are right next to In-N-Out's. And people think that Chick-fil-A just came and built right next to In-N-Out. That's not true. (laughs) They actually, Krispy Kreme built next to In-N-Out's, which was uh, not a bad play. And then as Krispy Kreme started to go out of business, Chick-fil-A's bought a lot of those Krispy Kremes. Hmm, And that's why a lot of Chick-fil-A's in Southern California are right next door to In-N-Out's. So uh, if you ever see one right next door, it's a good chance that it used to be a Krispy Kreme. So that being said, in about 2008, the average uh, In-N-Out was doing about 1.9 million. The average Chick-fil-A was doing about 1.8 million. They were doing about the same volume. Now, fast forward 10 years past that, and the average Chick-fil-A had doubled in volume. The average In-N-Out had stayed the same. And this is all published in QSR magazine. They do every year, they do the top 50, and it shows. So this like, isn't proprietary information? This is not proprietary information. <laughs> this is your QSR uh, magazine. They give us a list every year of everyone's volumes. It's kind of cool. You kind of have to say, like, it begs a, a, an explanation. I love In-N-Out, by the way. I also a love In-N-Out. Ton, ton of respect for the brand. Uh, and I have friends uh, who work there, but to, uh, to be fair, they uh, they are their number one thing is quality. They will not cook something. They will not put it on the grill until someone has ordered it, and that's how they maintain quality. It is very noble, but it uh, it is where they hit a wall. So meanwhile, uh, what Chick Fil A did in the same time, they said, "Look, um, we're going to get some data, and what we found out is from twelve to one at this time, we always sell this many." you know, fillets or nuggets or strips. And so they start putting it into a computer and the computer tells them, hey, you need to have this many ready to go because people are gonna order it. And that little thing got them on the front side. They also put in timers in place. So if we made too much, the timer went off and we discard the chicken. So we can hold on to quality while staying on the front side of the business. That move was a big part in being able to stay on the front side of production. So that's a cool story, but how do we apply it to just every day in the business? Step one, you have to find the bottleneck. And now in the story that I just told, the bottleneck was the food being cooked on the grill. Now, in and out bold move says, we're never gonna change that because that is the recipe and that is what we do. 
but they would even admit that is their bottleneck. And I will tell you for, for our kitchen a couple of years ago when we wanted to grow and I said, you know, hey, what's what's holding us back from the next step? Our kitchen leader said, there aren't enough machines. Look at the machines. We got these fryers and they're at, at top capacity. I'm kind of getting a flashback to when I was doing the fries and saying, yeah, I've been there before. I know, like I'm waiting on the machines, guys. I'm waiting on the machines. And so it appeared that the bottleneck was the machines. So fine, if that's the bottleneck, find the bottleneck. Now, step two is again, build a range. What's the backside? What's the front side look like? If I could build a little reserve, three medium fries, then I could buy myself some time for the machines <laughs> to come up. And as long as I had that reserve, then I could buy myself some time and I would never be waiting on machines. So it all came down to saying, what's the proper range? So what does the front side and the back side look like? Well, obviously the back side looks like I'm waiting for fries, but the front side was if I have a reserve of two fries, then I'm never waiting on the machines. That's the front side. So the answer to all of this, to building capacity and breaking through to the next level, whatever your front side is, whatever your reserve is, just extend that. So for me, it was like, as long as I have two fries right there, they're never waiting on the machines. All I have to do is extend that to, if I have three there, if I have four there, now I've increased my capacity. Uh, And I will tell you this, the one, the the caveat here, and it is a word of warning. When we get to this point to, hey, we're going to increase our capacity, just like in and out, like, here's what you're, here's what you're gambling with, quality. You're you're gambling with your quality of food uh, or the overproduction. You're going to overproduce. You've got to be ready and say like, hey, I'm going to increase capacity on this side. You better be ready to increase capacity on your side. Otherwise, we're going to have overproduction. At the store, we call it the wave right now. Because with everything that's going on today, like drive through only, just so many restrictions in place, the bottleneck literally on each shift, it like moves. So just what you were talking about, like, okay, kitchen's moving quickly. Oh my goodness, the order takers aren't, but we don't have enough drinks. Okay, but the food's not bagged. So we have a person who's just hopping around, we say riding the wave because bottleneck moves, bottleneck moves, bottleneck moves. So Chick-fil-A was smart in building those timers and saying, if we overproduce, we will throw away. And that's a gamble. That's something that, you know, they said, we'll, we'll gamble. We'll throw some food away if it means we can grow. And they doubled. They doubled in less than 10 years. So anyway, yeah. that is using the same thing. The same thing. You're staying on the front side in increasing capacity and making your job more fun and making more, you know, growing the business. Once you get in that business of like releasing that bottleneck and fixing it. Yeah, it's going to go somewhere the else. Capacity is unleashed. Immediately. But it's yeah. fun. And that's a fun. That's honestly, that's a fun way to be in, in leadership is that's like on the front side of like (laughs) the front side of the front side (laughs) yeah so but anyways uh, you were saying that uh, a lot of the stuff we do just on this podcast it really is staying on the front side of you know leadership development yeah absolutely hiring we were just talking about this today if we because i was thinking about you know this episode and recording it and i was like oh my gosh like my day-to-day doesn't look like right now like fries or chicken it's people so okay hiring if we don't have a reserve there's gonna be a panic hiring fair in the next couple months if we just keep going a little bit at a time and stay on the front like hiring the people before we need the people we're gonna lose some people like that is just the nature of the job so staying on the front side of that is super important when we talk about building leaders if we don't have a reserve suddenly we'll lose a leader to school or to just uncontrollable things and if we don't have a like a backup reserve, you know, assistant managers or crew leaders, or even those team members to turn into the leaders, we're going to be in a spot where we're feeling behind and it's feeling like it's this huge weight that can't be managed. But at the end of the day, if you are on the front side of those things, like of your people as well, you won't find yourself in that same spot where you feel so behind. Well, this is common sense stuff, of course, but hopefully we've built some steps to where you can say like, I knew we should do that, but I just didn't know, like, how do I get my employees to think like this? And so hopefully you can walk them through this process 
and that will be helpful. Yeah, I will uh, definitely say it's like convicting <laughs> one to talk about this because like so often I find myself in this spot where I'm like, it's all too much. And then when I do like step out of it or you help me on side stepping out of it, it's like, oh my goodness, like this is all you have to do to get ahead. And then you're right back where you want to be. So much easier. Well, that was episode 16 and uh, we hope that you learned some stuff. If this was a value to you and you are on the Apple podcast app, then give us a review and write something to us. Uh, we really appreciate it. We love that. And doing so helps uh, get this podcast out to more audiences. Uh, but we really appreciate uh, you listening and everything that we've heard from people and all the encouragement. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is something we love to do. So love to share this stuff and hopefully it helps you. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Everybody stay safe out there. You know, it's crazy times. Thank you for being here with us. Hopefully we'll be back here soon. <laughs> So that was episode 16, the front side of the job. Take care of yourselves and be well. Mm